to Mbappé! What a great day it's been for him! So you want this confidence oozing through his veins. Yeah, tap it with the football tap. It's the number one podcast. Yeah. With a football at, tap in with the football tap. Yeah. Tap in with the football tap. Guru. Tap in with the football tap, like a spinal, or it could get messy like Lionel. Them other podcasts throw back like a vinyl. The guru, he the goat, so it really ain't no rivals. Podcasts about passion, barely dollars. My favorite, Ronaldo, Jamal Musala. Football tap, it should be on your radar. Come and kick it with us, like Neymar, Sadio Mane, or Erling Haaland. Either way, the football tap, prime time. Yeah, now take that to the bank with you. The guru, he don't talk, he just paint. Vividly, so come and see what he's saying. Highlights and more, you never get bored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never get bored. Football tap, the number one source. Yeah. Come and tap in with the football tap. It's the football tap. Yeah, yeah. Come and tap in with the football tap. It's the football tap. Guru, football tap. Yeah. Come and tap in with the football tap. Yeah. With the football tap, come and chill with the groove, cuz football back, yeah. Uh, tap into the football tap, the number one podcast, uh, cuz Spotify decided to be terrible and replace the perfectly fine anchor app with a Spotify podcast app. We're now starting this 30 minutes late, so get your shit together, Spotify. Um, with that being said, um, welcome to the football tap. Um, I'm Ryan with Elliot. How are you doing tonight? I could be better, but, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, you got that right. It is what it is. And you know what? We can't do anything about it. So, Schalke, uh, the dormant collapse is on. <laughs> yeah, it is. And uh, predictably... It is on. This is why, you know, you asked me a few weeks ago if I'm going to start to believe in this Dortmund thing. Uh, and I'm saying the whole time, it's built around Julian Brandt and him continuing to have the season. He has. You look at uh, he gets injured in, in the Chelsea game after 15 minutes. He's out for this game. And what you know? Dortmund don't, don't look, look a shell of himself. And, uh, you know, Schalke outplayed them. You know, first, a Schalke team that is at the near the bottom of the league trying to survive, they go twice, they get it back twice. Uh, outside of, you know, maybe the contributions of Rafael Guerrero and Nico Schlatterbeck, Dortmund were, were, you know, they were just, they just were up for the game. They were outclassed. You saw Bayern Munich, five, uh, past Osberg in an eight goal thriller. You see them retake that place at the top of the league. Um, or not retake the place, but but increase early at the top. You see Dortmund have moments, but for the most part, uh, were really uh, I would describe it as unorganized and uh, lacking. Uh, I don't know, just just dull, unorganized, and uh, I, I don't really have the words. They they did they didn't look like the team that they've been all season. Obviously, Brandt was out and uh, Royce was out, but they got to do better than that. And uh, obviously, this is one of those games that that Jude Bellingham has not painted in the best light. 
And, uh, yeah, just from a, from a Dortmund perspective, it's been absolutely tragic. And they have Cologne next and then Bayern. They lose to Bayern, it's over. I think they might drop against Cologne as well. Brandt's availability uh, it, and their season is dependent on them being in a situation where uh, he is available for the Bayern game. I don't think he will be. He's expected to miss at least two weeks. That puts him awfully close to that game. And so from Dortmund's perspective, total total train wreck. From Schalke's perspective, uh, they have have ridden up better. Uh, they, they go behind. They play well. They had chances to even be in front before Dortmund scored their first goal. Uh, and then immediately in the second half, they get it. Then Dortmund and they find a way to get get it back again. And honestly, in the last five or ten minutes, they could have scored another. So they very well could have won that game. They're going to treat this as a victory. This is the best case scenario that could have happened. But even Schalke, as poor as they have been this season, unbeaten in seven, and very well could have won this game. So it's, you know, you can say what you want about Dortmund and their season, Schalke, and they're at different points of the table. But at the same time, uh, Schalke comes away with this looking much better, and there's this sense of belief that they can stay up. Where Dortmund, they may have lost the league. Not, now, could anything can happen? But after after the showing against Schalke, this is a moment where we're going to look back to this, and um, and this would be, this could be a vital moment of of Bayern Munich getting their 11th. And unfortunately, the the touch by Jude Bellingham at the end of this could be the reason why they didn't win the league, and that's not going to bode well for the English public, obviously. And Jude Bellingham is, is a player that will bounce back from this, but the circumstances. Of of the match certainly gained a few pictures, uh, at least going forward into the next couple of weeks, especially that game against Bayern Munich. All right, very good. All right, so we have a lot to jump around about tonight. Um, so you have a lot of problems, my friend, with officiating uh, Syria this season. Yeah, it's the consistency. Okay, so let, let, let's get this out of the way. So Swallow deserves to get a point from this game. Uh, all of a sudden, our biggest attribute became our biggest weakness. We were bad defending defensively. We we didn't do what we needed to win the game. We still scored. Um, Dabal scores one of the best goals of the season. We get we get a goal back with Zalowski scoring his first goal in the Roma shirt. Uh, uh, Wijnaldum comes back from injury a few weeks ago and has on the back of the net. So in, in hindsight, Roma, you could say Roma didn't play their best and they didn't deserve something. You could also say they they were um, in a bad situation because of what was happening from ten men down and still got three. That also suggests to me that they could have won this game if terms circumstances were different. I'm not going to cry about the officials in the sense of we deserve to win the game and this is why this is is happening or this is happening. But the problem I have is the consistency. If you're going to call the game one way. Uh, it, it has to go that way for both teams, not just one team, not for another team. This is the this is the issue um, for this. So, for those of you who don't know, there was a scuffle in the box, kind of. Patricio grabs the ball, Berardi um, uh, falls down, and Kambula's right there, kind of falling down too. Berardi hits, he kicks him in the in, in the you know you know where between the legs. Hits him again between the legs. Kambula, who not sh- shouldn't have reacted and was horrible uh, for what he did and probably shouldn't play for the club again, but he kicks him back. 
Okay, they go to the they go to the official view, um, and on the replay that they're showing, they're leaving out the part of of Berardi doing it, basically starting the situation. So Berardi was allowed to be on the ground, kick the guy twice, but because he retaliated, Kambula gets a red card. Berardi doesn't get booked for he was the one who started the entire thing by kicking uh, Kambula, and on top of that, it was a dead play. When this happened, Patricio was on top of the ball. Was, the ball was in his hands. It wasn't a foul leading up to the play. So on top of the fact that, that basically we've already got away with kicking a player two times in a row, um, they also got a penalty in a situation where a penalty can't occur. As far as I'm concerned, once the play is dead, you can't call a penalty for something that happens afterwards. So that's that's kind of my issue. Then later in the game, um, Cam Abraham got uh, someone when studs up his on his foot or his leg, yellow card there. That's ending off anybody else, not anybody else, but but that's ascending off. So it's not just a oh, Rome we're screwed here. We could obviously make an argument for, but there are there are these sort of calls being made every single week in Italy and England. For whatever reason, those two leagues are having. Uh, referee corruption week in and week out, and every single week there's something that can be discussed in reference to that. Now, I'm not saying Roma should have won the game, but my problem is, first of all, obviously, the Berardi kicked first, doesn't get punished for it. Secondly, you cannot give a penalty, as far as I'm concerned, and, and I could be wrong about that, but it, it is my understanding that the play is dead. You cannot call for, you can't, you can't make a call on a penalty that happens after the play is already over. Now, you can book the play, and I'm not defending Kambula. Kambula should have been sent off for retaliating, but Berardi should have been sent off too, and in that situation, to my knowledge, you cannot you cannot get a penalty. We lost this game 4-3. That made it 3-1. If that penalty is not given, the result could have been vastly different. But it's not just a Roma thing. It's a league thing. You ask any Serie A fan around the league this season, they're having the same sort of issues same sort of conversation that I am right now. All right, very good. So, what? Obviously, bad loss. Say, for you. how does this affect your chance to get top four? Though now, it looks bad because we have lots of your next. We have to go there. Or we're going to be. I mean, we both play at home, but but uh, we have to go beat them, which is doable. Um, uh, uh, you know, aside from the fact that of the circumstances of the game and what happened in the controversy and all that stuff. We get that. They still scored three goals, you know? All the start off the bench, comes on, scores. We, we, we still put the ball in the back of the net three times. We don't do that. Roma is a score early or score and, and, and defend at a high level. Now, we did not defend at a high level today. But if we can defend the way we have been for most of the season and we can um, – we can uh, find a way to score goals like we did today. Then we should feel confident enough to um, to go in and get a result um, tonight, or sorry, next week. And we don't know what happens with AC Milan. AC Milan doesn't win tomorrow, and um, we we you know on top four. But I still think there's a reason to be uh, to believe that um, Roma can and will make the top four. Um, when it comes down to it, in the coming weeks or so, um, it's still a long way to go. It's still a 
So I wouldn't say it's over for anyone um, outside of Alonso. Alonso just removed himself from from chasing fifth Champions League. But outside of them, I think everybody's still involved. And this is bad. But if we go beat Lazio next week, then it's it's all for that. How we lost to the we lost uh, to Cremonese, and the next week Juventus. If we do the same thing, we go beat Lazio, then then it's all it's back on again. It's a bad situation because there was an opportunity for Roma to go into second um, with. What inter what what went uh, this weekend? Um, we we missed an opportunity, but I still think we're very much involved in it. Just like Lazio, just like uh, AC Milan is, and um, and so on. So I, I still think we have a good chance to to qualify. I still think we will qualify, um, but this does not help our cause. Especially feels like any time there's an opportunity to jump up, uh, we we fail to deliver um, on the night. Um, so this stuff can't continue to happen. But if we go and and beat Lazio um, next weekend, I still think they have a good chance of qualifying for the Champions League. All right. Um, very good. So here, here's a big one for you now. Byron, obviously, they're going to win the league now, right? And there's no possible way. No, they're going to win the treble, I think, actually. But yeah, they're definitely winning the league. Um, man, this is why I said it's terrible. Yeah, it's terrible they're going to win the league. Hey, I'm I think sorry, I, I know what you're saying about you know you can't judge the league, but that's what what'll it be now? Twelve in a row? Eleven, I think. Oh, what? Yeah, that's brutal. Yeah, that's it was really uh, bad for German it football. Is, it's bad, but at the same time, the gap between them and the second best league in the world is. The mountain the Pacific Ocean. So, because the other leagues have not been, from the whole, just judging the league from an entire standpoint, there, there's German is still clear of everybody by quite a distance. So, if it was closer, like if then, if, if there was another league on the on their breathing down their neck, something like this, if Bayern wins again, could sway it. But yeah, it's not it's not a good look for the league. But I don't think it affects where uh, German football sits. But also, you have to understand that there's no team in um, Germany with the, the yeah, other than maybe Leipzig with the, with the materials to be able to, to challenge Bayern on a regular basis. And um, you put Bayern Munich in any of the league, I'm not saying they're going 111 in a row, but it wouldn't look that different. That's that's how good they are. But obviously, 11 in a row is not a good look for the league. Um, that's why I was really really not wanting Dortmund to be a part of this title race because I knew they would do this. And I think there's a good chance they lose to Cologne. And I think there's a good chance they lose to Bayern. I think they could drop their next two games, especially without Julian Brandt. Without Julian Brandt, this team is not good. Um, so that's a problem. Go ahead. I said I agree. That's all. Okay, okay. Got you. Yeah, so if you look at Dortmund, the way they've been playing the last 11, 12, 13 games, whatever it may be, and you watch them against Schalke, it's not the same team. They look, they look different. It's like they're lacking someone, a creator, to make things happen for them. And this kind of debunks any argument that he is not the best player in on Dortmund. And to be honest, what Dortmund did without him kind of strengthens his case as, as the best player in the league. Um, and that's a case that you look at when it comes to awards. But but I think that's why you needed Leipzig. 
Dortmund needed to lose that game because we know that Leipzig had it enough in their tank. They had enough team to go head-to-head with Bayern Munich. Leipzig would not have lost that game um, on Saturday. And I think Leipzig, if they were even a little close, there was a chance for them to take the throne. But because they're so far back now, it's impossible. And you look at what Leipzig did against Gladbach this weekend, they looked absolutely phenomenal. So that's that's the messed up part of all this is that was the team we needed to push forward and do it. Union Berlin was a nice story, but it was never going to be the the one to really push around Bayern Munich. And as as it looks like, it looks like they're heading the wrong direction and may not make the Champions League if if they keep playing this way. But it was it was really Leipzig Bayern, and Leipzig. It Leipzig it's Leipzig's fault for not beating Dortmund because they had more chances in that game. But that result is what I felt like it was over because I knew I can't rely on Dortmund down the stretch. Again, when you take a two goal lead, or sorry, if you take the lead twice against Schalke, who's in a good run of form, but they're nowhere near the quality. You can't close the door, close the deal. You got you got problems, and unfortunately, this means Bayern Munich will win again. It dings, it dings the league a little bit, but I don't think it replaces uh, Germany as the top league in the world, in my opinion. Um, but it's not a good look overall. That's why if they go 11, I think they do win the team as well. At least you can say, well, no one else could stop this team either. So you don't because there's a lot of blame being deflected on Leipzig and Dortmund year in year out. If Bayern go and win everything then you can't really say, oh, well, you can't blame Dortmund or, or Leipzig for this because Bayern was doing this to everybody. So that's, I guess that's the, the light you can kind of look at. But I agree, it's not a good look because you look, it looked like we were having a historic title race and uh, drop here, drop there, and it could be uh, Bayern uh, cruising control. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm not trying to be negative. You know that, correct? You know, I get what but you're saying. I- you, you and me are on the same page about uh, Bundesliga as, as number one. But I do understand what you're saying in terms of the perception of the league because of the, the, this, again, another Bayern Munich title isn't, isn't a good thing. We need them to not win it for one year. And then then they can start winning again. But, but uh, hopefully Dortmund and Leipzig do some business this summer that really step it up. Um, but, it, it's again, I, I feel like this is a chance. And, again, I think they're eventually going to – they're drop their crown. They're not going to win this league another five years in a row. But, um, you know, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't think they're going to do either. But what happens? I mean, this is 11. Obviously, this year. I could, what if they went, What if they make it up to 15? Then the, Is there a way to fix this? I mean, obviously, you can't fix success, all that stuff. But is there ever a time, and I hate bringing this up because I know all of our European listeners are going to rip me for this. Is there ever a time where you think that Europe needs to sit down and discuss maybe the possibility of like a salary cap? Because, I mean, having the same team 15 years in a row is just not good business. Yeah, I don't know about a salary cap, but there should be a cap on certain uh, clubs spending what they spend, I think. You see that with Chelsea. You should not be able to spend $571 million. A year from from the summer to January. Um, the problem is, see, the, the problem is this isn't happening because the other teams aren't good enough to to build up their their squads. It's it happens because Bayern are, are incredibly 
50 in the market. Nobody operates in the market like Bayern Munich does. They are incredible negotiators. They got Jao Cancelo on loan in January. It, it, he, you know, no one else pulls deals off like this. No one goes to, to, to and gets Upacano on a free. No one can go get Sabitzer for $15 million. So you look at you look at the way they operate themselves in the market, and that's why they're so impossible to break down. They're so impossible to beat because of how intelligent they are. You know, people might dis, uh, disagree with this, but uh, most top European clubs do not operate well in the market. A lot of them, as successful as some of these are, are really bad when it comes to transfers and how they handle it. Now you, you can still have success and, and make things happen. Um, but no one in the in that top tier teams, Bayern Munich, no one is able to kind of operate in that way. And I think the way they operate in the market is why they keep keep winning, because they make it impossible to stop a lot of the times. And they're taking top players from other clubs, weakening the the other uh, teams while doing so. Um, so I don't know if you can put put a salary cap. Maybe there's some rule in place that you I don't know. It, it sounds ridiculous if you say it, but like saying that Bayern Munich can only take one player from a rival or something. I don't know. I feel like stopping them poaching every great team in Germany with players would stop them from winning like this. But, again, I think the dominoes are eventually going to fall. Um, but I think the, it's the other teams that need to make the deals because Bayern Munich are going to continue to make those deals and, and make this happen for themselves. But it's as as annoying as it may be, it it's it kind of goes through what Bayern Munich is and is an incredibly well operated team. Nobody operates in the market or in anything in the way that they do, and uh, it it is basically a a something that, that a lot of top clubs can learn. But the reason they keep winning is because of how how intelligent they they operate, and not a lot of top clubs operate that way. Real Madrid, Barcelona, Man United, Liverpool. Um, PSG, all of those those teams, as great as they are, they have problems with certain aspects of the type of players they bring in. There, there's not that many Bayern Munich decisions that are open up for criticism, where the other teams yeah. have different issues. And it's not it's not Bayern's fault, but the rea- the reality is because they operate that way, it makes them incredibly difficult to beat, especially in Germany. And a lot of times in Europe for the same reasons. Because you can say, well, Liverpool got Mohamed Salah for $32 million, And they got, uh, uh, I don't know, Firmino for $27 million, stuff like that. But they also spent that money on Nunes. Hasn't, hasn't been the best. Uh, Gap is, is coming on. But that's that's a deal that, that seems to be quite cool. You look at Man United with Anthony. I mean, you could go through each of these teams. You look at Modric at Chelsea. Who had hadn't played even 30 games and was bought for all that money. A lot of it's not clicking. You can't find that many Bayern Munich deals that have not worked out. And when they don't work out, it's usually because they're stacked in those positions and they can't get game time. But anyway. Yeah. All right. Um. I. I today's the day, and they better not let me down. Today's the day. I believe that Arsenal is going to win the league. Um, 3-0 on a very, very, very good Fulham side, completely underrated this year, and they scored the first three goals in the first uh, half, uh, then just kind of parked it, obviously, for the rest of the game. Um, 
five points up with 11 games left to play. Am I getting too confident too early, or what do you think? I think it's a little too early to just signify that because of who's chasing you. You can drop points. It happens to everybody. If Liverpool was in second and not City, I think it'd be over. But I, I just don't think you can look past City until it's almost until it's mathematically not possible. Deep down, I think Arsenal are going to win the league. I think that's exactly what's going to happen. But I don't want to – never say never with with Man City. Unlike Dortmund, Man City knows how to win titles, and they've done it year in, year out from – like, if you think about Man City's titles, they've won titles from this exact position before. And as a someone who likes Arsenal, that would be a uh, that would be a scary uh, thing to deal with because they've done this before. It puts a lot of pressure. Again, Arsenal do what they do; that they'll win the league. If they continue to get results, they'll win the league. Um, but if they start to slip and give Man City an opportunity, and then Man City beat Arsenal in the second game that they have against each other. I think um, it could still happen, but I do think I, I contend that Arsenal will win the league. But I, I still think we have a long way to go before we really kind of see. Okay, it's it's over now. I, but I think I think they have a stronger chance to win the league and win the Europa League, for example. Well, I hope that they don't even. I hope that they don't even play anybody during this Europa League match against Sporting Portugal. Well, honestly, I hope they. I would love them to throw it. Is that bad of me to say that I would love my team to throw the Europa League? Because of where we are now. Okay, if if you do that and then you don't win the league, are you gonna feel? Are you gonna are you gonna walk back that take? No, because we'll still make the Champions League, and you know it's not like I mean obviously for you like you have no offense to Roma's history, you haven't won as many trophies as in the history of Arsenal, and I mean, yeah, the true, Europa true. League would be nice, but the league title, you know what I mean? I respect that, and then our. Bigger club than Roma, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. Um, my only rebuttal would be on that is Roma still has a slightly better run in Europe than than Arsenal uh, historically. But I, I understand why you take that position. I wouldn't take that position um, because as someone, you know, as a, Roma has won a ton of trophies over the years, um, every trophy being a, a, that possibility of doing it. Now, if you had won the league last year, I would disagree with that take because when you're a serious team, you want to win every trophy you can. But because of the Man City dynamic, I understand why you would take that. I would not take that view, um, but I don't think it matters because I think Sporting would be, would argue beat um, are going to knock them out anyways because there are some yeah. vulnerabilities in Arsenal's team that they can exploit, and they'll be more motivated for that situation than – Somebody like, like Man City, or like, like uh, not Man City, but but they can exploit in a different way than some of these other teams would be able to exploit in the Premier League. For that reason, I think they can catch Garden and they can knock them out. But but if you go on to a deep run in the Europa League, you get to the final and win, and you win the league, then then perfect. But I understand. Well, oh, if saying. that I happens, just, then all bets are off. I want you won't be able to shut me up. But I would much rather win the the league than Europa League. Is that fair? I agree, but I also think I think uh, I don't like the Europa League slander though. I still think it's a big trophy. It's just not as big as the Champions League, so it looks less desirable. Oh no, I'm when... not slandering. I will go nuts no matter what the, what we win, but I'd rather win the league and just yeah. hold it over Spurs fans. 
Yeah, I mean, no, I get that. Right. No, that makes that makes sense. But I don't know if I. Yeah, you. The problem is, I think um, what Arsenal are going to have is they don't have that much depth. No, don't disrespect me saying that, but they don't have a ton of depth, and for that reason, they're not going to be able to rest everyone. So there are going to be guys who are going to be getting big minutes in Europa League and the league, and that would be the thing that concerns me as far as Arsenal winning the league. But I still think they're going to do it. But I, I'm just not comfortable writing off City because we know they've they've won the league from this position before. Sure, fair enough. You know, if we do win it, obviously that'll be like one of the greatest. I don't think I don't know if I'll be able to handle it if we win it. I mean, it, it, yeah. it, this season's out of nowhere, too. But the difference between yeah. us and Union Berlin, no respect to them, is that we actually have star players, you know? Union Berlin is Union Berlin. Union Berlin are not. And they, they have a great coach, and they know how to win games. They have winning intangibles and big moments. However, with that, and again, no, because I love the story. Union Berlin, and I'm just, right here, I'm just talking about players. Mainz, Wolfsburg, Gladbach, Hoffenheim, um, Cologne, all have better players. And those are just teams off the top of my mind. I think even Stuttgart. Stuttgart's a little chippy because they're not having a great season as well. But if you look at the squad of their players, and you if you put – I think Mainz is the better example because I think Mainz are, are way better than, than Union Berlin in terms of players. If you put the roster of Mainz and Union Berlin side by side, you and you said which of these teams was in the title race this season – you would get it incorrect because Mainz's players are, tw- are much better. They have, and again, they got they got a couple pieces here and there, but they don't have stars. They don't have guys who can change a game, uh, and that's not obviously counting the other teams that are already in front of them in Frankfurt and all that stuff. But but they're winning because of pure will and determination. You're winning because of those reasons too, but you also have the the I'm, maybe not world class, but superstar uh, quality. With likes of Osaka, Martinelli, and others, you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying. Right. So it's it's a different um, lens to look through because the circumstances are different. You can't five, you can't sorry, you can't find five teams in the Premier League that have a better team than Arsenal. Where Union Berlin, you could find more than that, even though they're they're respectively having a great season and they deserve the credit that they've been getting, but they don't have like from a from a player-by-player standpoint, they don't have a better roster than a lot of teams that are struggling in in the, the Bundesliga this season. Sure. And I, I fully respect that. Okay. So, St. Louis City SC, you know, I was wondering, eh, maybe you get lucky first two games. But then you go into Portland and win 2-1 on the road. Um, What the fuck? Yeah. A bit unexpected. <laughs> I would say. Yeah. I was expecting us to be, I ain't going to lie, I expected us to be 1-1-1 one, one, one at this point, or actually one and one win, two losses at this point. I expected us to win the home opener, but uh, this is more than a little unexpected. This is <laughs> this is a dream scenario, and this is I know people don't like MLS because of the relegation, but, I mean, are we seeing a different landscape in – American soccer, like, there are going to be different ways to run a club. Like, you could actually bring in a sporting – like, most of these clubs don't even have a sporting director. You know what I mean? St. Louis brings in yeah. one, and they're 3-0 and to start the year. I don't think that's a coincidence. No, and the way play is not a coincidence either. 
again, this team, this team would not survive in the Bundesliga. They would get relegated immediately. In the Bundesliga 2, I think they could do a, a – I think they would struggle there too. But the point I'm making is they play that style of football. They play Bundesliga style of football. At least the games I've seen – I've, I've only I've seen highlights and, and stuff from two of the games, not not the Portland game, but from what, what I've seen so far, it is a Bundesliga style uh, that they are putting together, and that's not a huge coincidence. Their coach, former Bundesliga player, their uh, their uh, their sporting director, former Bundesliga player, they have some players that have experience in Europe. Um, their goalkeeper, legend might be a stretch, but serviceable goalkeeper that played in the Bundesliga for many years. So a lot, you, you see a lot of German influences here, and I think the way they play is not a coincidence, and I think their success is based on the way they play. Again, there's still stuff that needs to be done taken care of. Again, we're going to be doing this when the comes to a close. Jekyll needs not to be an idea that you and me have thought up. It needs to be a priority by the club, too. There hasn't been any links yet which I'm a little discouraged by because it is, the, it is the perfect solution. You bring him in, it's a whole different game for them, but but I think they've done really well so far. Yeah. I, I, I don't think we're going to – I mean, I, I and I do not like the playoff system once again, but I think that when you have more than 60% of your teams make the playoffs, this team should not, and I mean not, have an excuse, especially starting on Ferrino, not to make the playoffs. Am I getting a little bit too high? Now, now, now you're starting to lose me because they had a great season, and a great season would be being in the playoff picture. That still should be the focus because, again, teams have started Reno and lost the majority of their games. Um, you can start well and finish poorly. Uh, again, they're they're doing well and they're doing what they're supposed to do, but I, I just don't see a scenario where they are should expect. Playoffs, or it would be it would be the letdown for them not to make it because it's still very early in the season. No one. The other thing is no one's played against this team before, so there's nothing to prepare for. That's another thing. Once they get once teams start feeling them out, and there's enough, uh, I guess, data on uh, the, the on St. Louis uh, FC as a whole, then I think they're going to start to lose more games. So once they once they hit that point in the season and they continue to get results, you can potentially sway me in the playoff thing. But I, I don't think we're – I think it's too early to, to be kind of thinking about this in a long-term end-of-the-season type of way. But, again, they could do it. But I think we just need to hit base a little bit to see how are they going to react when they're the game. And what is it going to look like? What is the What is St. Louis FC going to look like? After they lose that, and how they react to it, and are they going to to get down? Are they gonna are gonna they start dropping results, or are they gonna get back at it and win another? Game? So they lose they lose a, a game, they win another one immediately after. That tells me kind of where the club is going. But we need a, we need a lot larger sample size to know exactly whether the expectation should be um, being in the picture or making the playoffs. Because I think it's too early to know exactly what they they should be at this moment. All right. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm just excited. Uh, I'm over the moon. I, I, I still can't you. believe this. Are you truthfully? Yeah. It, it, it's been it's been probably the best start to a. Huh, I don't even know. 
I don't even know. It's better than than anybody could have imagined. And I can't wait to go to my first match on April 1st. All right, but that being said now, um, Corrupt Buyer at Barcelona, UEFA Lona, whatever you want to call them, um, continues there. Um, March to the uh, corrupt title. They beat Athletic Club Bivalo, uh today, 1-0 on the road. Rafina with a goal. Um, it, 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 I mean, they pr- practically clinched. They're 10 points up now. And honestly, Madrid doesn't – yeah. Um, so anyway, they're they're about to win a corrupt title, probably the most corrupt title ever. Um, honestly, I, I know this is going to piss a lot of people off. There should be a Super League. Just put Barcelona, corrupt Barcelona in there by themselves and have them play their uh, squad against each other. <laughs> yeah. And they're getting investigated for match fix, too. Did you hear about that? Yeah. It, 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 it's making me tired. So are they going to lose? I mean, what what do you think yeah. about this title? They're going to they're gonna win the league. I don't care. It doesn't do anything for him because of the circumstances of the season. Um doesn't mean anything. When I talk about Robert Lewandowski's playing day, and the greatness he pursued, I'm not going to say the sentence, he won the league in multiple countries, even if he did. that It's, it's almost like the Barcelona thing. I want, I just want to disattach from him when it's over. And I don't care if he, he's, he plays there another couple of years and scores 100 goals. Bayern Munich, Dortmund, Robert is the only one I will talk about because what, what is happening in, in Barcelona is just – Again, love him, but a waste of his career. He just should have stayed. That's that's the other part of it. You think anybody would even remotely be challenging this Bayern Munich side if he had stayed? I don't think there's one team in the no. Champions League that can handle them. Like as good as Real Madrid are, and even though they have those great moments, nobody is touching this team with Robert Lewandowski up top. Uh, Emmanuel uh, Chipomoting has um, 17 goals this season. Filling in, he's doing a good job. But if you have Robert in that team with the uh, the emergence of Musala, with the emergence of Matthias Tells, with the lid at the back, with everything that they have going for them, um, nobody would even be in touching distance of this side. Um, so I, yeah, I don't know when the title it doesn't mean anything to me. It won't mean anything to me. It means absolutely nothing to me. Not to them. They'll celebrate whatever. But. But I don't care about it because it's 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 a corrupt situation to begin with. So when you when you win in a corrupt situation, no one's really going to have respect for you. Yeah, it's not good enough. I they need to be stripped of all points and relegated, in my opinion. Is that a little too harsh? No, I agree. Second tier. Um, yeah. They should just be brought down there and. Um, they should. I think on top of that, they should have a transfer ban. They can't. They can't spend money on uh, the entire uh, time they're down there. Um, and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it should be what Juve did was worse, but but like, let's let's be real here. This is this is pretty. Bad. And Barcelona fans defending it is ridiculous. That's why it kind of I just kind of don't pay attention to it because they're defending their money and saying that this is what's happening when when there's data knowing that this is not what's happening. Sure, I mean Juventus got docked points this year. 
for a lot worse than what they did than what uh, Barcelona. Well, I, I was, I was refer- sorry, I was referencing 2006 Juventus. Oh, sure. They did. I, I, I know that. But yeah, I mean, you see all these is- other clubs getting docked points, so why why are they free from getting docked? And that's the, the point. Again, Juventus' suspension, or whatever you want to call it, is the one of the reasons certain teams in Italy are in, in a Champions League position. I want the – honestly, I know it's not good for Roma. I would like the, the, the ban to be lifted because the thing about the Juventus thing is when we talk about it, when we ask about it, we don't actually know what they did. We just know it had something to do with financial stuff. There's no real explanation, and if you just Google it, there's still not a real explanation. So if there's no explanation for why they're being punished, then they shouldn't be punished. And, again, I'm, I'm going to take heat for that because I'm a Roma fan and I'm benefiting from Juventus' next 15 points. Um, then you look at, uh, you know, um, Chelsea and um, others that have spent – are getting uh, – Man City, for example, with, with their um, financial stuff. And, again, ha- nothing's happened um, to them yet. But Barcelona got to go through a season having no money but spending it. Um, and that's, you know, that's why they were in the Europa League. That's why I'm glad they got knocked out. Um, and, um, yeah, there's nothing to say about that. It's just, it's just a tragic thing that this is the club that had so much respect one day, and then the next, no one respects it anymore. Yeah, it's probably one of the worst clubs. Um, it's probably one of the worst downfalls I've ever seen. It, it's sad. It's just so sad, and it, I don't even know, man. It's ridiculous. So what? What? So obviously get them relegated. What is your other solution for how this cannot, how we can stop this in football? Because this is the only sport that I know that teams can spend money they don't have. Uh, there needs to be a again. I'm not. I'm not advocating for a salary cap, um, but I'm advocating for a salary limit. Meaning, the most someone, the most you can spend on someone is 100 million, and I want to be a criteria for those players being bought. So you can't spend 100 million on someone that's not in that pay. I, I, what I would like is the values of the players being what you can spend. So they, they, I don't know, some economical um, science behind it that calculates somebody's value, and you can, you can spend um, that amount or ten in the range of what is being asked. So if somebody's transfer is um, twenty-five million, you can ask for forty-five. But there needs to be a cap. Guys like Modric who have not played. Uh, have only played less than less than fifty games in their career. Shouldn't be being bought for eighty plus million and stuff like that. So I think there should be some. Again, I don't know. They'll never do it, but there should be some cap on what is able to be spent on certain players. And they need to, they need to ha- be cracking down on the financials. If you go over the financial line, know know what happened. How did this happen? Immediate ban for at least one window and. You know, if they do it again, ban again. I, I don't want people being investigated. I want there to be some system where, it like, you know, there's like a headquarters and something lights up when someone's gone over their spending limit. When that happens, it's banned immediately. 
There's no discussions. There's no press conference. They, it, they just punched the bat right away. That's the only thing you can think of. But there's no really real solution to this. Um, depending on who your club is, that's how they're going to judge whether you get punished or not. Now, if, like for for example, Man City are what they're doing. If Man City are 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 guilty of the hundred plus uh, breaches that they had, they will not be punished. But you know why? Because they're Man City. Because they're one of the best teams in the world. They're going to continue to be at a high level. They're going to continue to win trophies. Now, if if Man City's breaches happen to Southampton, nobody's going to care, and they're going to punish them immediately. So I, the, the the club that it's happening to should not matter to the to the thing that's being accused. That's all I'm saying. All right, fair enough. Um. So, next question, uh, final question for you: Who would be your donkey of the week this week? Um. Uh, I see. Um, look, I, I think, um, it's, it's a weird one because Kambul did exactly the, did the same thing. So Kambul is a donkey for kicking Berardi, but Berardi kicked him twice and got no punishment for it. So it's kind of, I, I don't know how to explain it. It, it. He's the donkey, but also the officiating is a donkey. And I think the coach of Sassuolo is a donkey too. And this is why. If if your player is doing that and you, there's it's obvious that the he you know the, the uh, you can call it cheating he cheated if that is happening and you know that you just got away with murder or you got away with cheating whatever you want to say he should be subbed off immediately if you have any self respect for yourself and your coach I don't care if you're winning three one at the Olympico or whatever the case may be at the time. He should have taken him off immediately because when you act that way, a message should be sent. Moise Keane did what he did against uh, Roma last week. A message was sent. He uh, he was suspended for three games, and he was fined 30,000 euros. That's a message. Berardi uh, yes. should be um, suspended for what he did um, by the league after, uh, after, after tomorrow. Whenever they're the, the, the first chance, he should also be suspended for that because – Again, it's one of those things. They both kicked each other. Both of what both of them did was out of line. You can't have a situation where one of those people is being punished but not the other. Like he did not even get a yellow card. He got no booking for kicking a guy twice. So suspension. I think they need to suspend uh, him as well. And again, the, the the coach thing is just just my logic. I'm, I'm not saying that he should be suspended or he he should have done that. But it, I I I just don't respect people that are better cheating and they're getting away with it and they just look the other way. So anyway, that's all I'll say on that. All right. Well, that's all for our episode this week. Um, get your sh- shit together, Spotify, Spotify, and we'll talk to y'all next week, guys. All right. See you on the next one.